Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Corey Willis with PVI, and you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Cass from Diesel Doctor of Tennessee, and you're listening to The Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the number one diesel truck podcast on iTunes. On today's episode, we're going to be chatting with Dan Valance, the owner of Valer Clutch, and we're going to ask him a bunch of manual transmission and clutch questions. So, you guys have wanted to have him on for quite a long time, and there's a, a whole list of things we're going to chat about single disc clutches, dual disc, um, hydraulic assemblies what kind of sounds a manual clutch should and shouldn't make where should the clutch engagement be and then just the whole the whole process of how to approach and figure out which clutch should i buy and it's way more complex than automatic transmissions so dan's going to answer those questions for us before we get to the podcast we want to give a shout out to bd diesel we have an episode coming up with bd to talk about some events they've They've been doing it and, and hosting and asked them some questions as well as, you know, as far as the future of diesel racing and things that they're doing to make sure that events and races are still, you know, supported and, and talked about and they're still traveling. So we want to encourage you guys to stay tuned for that episode. And also they've got a lot of sales going on right now. If you go to dieselperformance.com. You can search by year, make, and model, and you can find things on sale for your Cummins, Duramax, or Power Stroke. The other shout-out we want to give is to Diesel World Magazine. Diesel World's in full swing covering everything that's going on in racing and new parts that are coming out and really cool builds that you don't hear about anywhere else. So make sure you go to dieselworldmag.com, bookmark the page, or pick up an issue in a store, and check out what's going on in diesel. All right, let's get to the episode with Dan Valance from Valaire and ask him some manual transmission questions. Dan, it is awesome to have you on the podcast today. You've, over the years, been one of our most requested guys to have on to talk about manual transmissions and clutches, and I'm excited to talk with you today. Yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> I wanted to, to kind of start off with, for any of our listeners that may not have heard of Valer, um, is just tell us a bit about yourself, the company, where you guys are located, and what your specialty is. Yeah, um, the company is Valair Inc., uh, known better as Valair Clutches. We're located in uh, Mineral Wells, Texas, which is west of Fort Worth, Texas, about 50 miles. Um, basically, we build clutches for diesels, anything from a, a Volkswagen TDI all the way to a Class 6, 7, and 8. Um, actually, uh, Class 6, 7, and 8 is where we started. Um, this, we have been in business since 1998 here. I have been building clutches for right at 42 years now. Don't know it all, but I know something. <laughs> you never can know it all man no <laughs> right 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 so it's been really interesting how much how much people want to know i think especially the dodge guys with their nv 4500 g56s and it's 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 tough to be able to or has been tough until today to be able to like ask somebody these questions but we know you've been doing it for a really long time 
have a yeah, ton you know, of. I, yeah, you know, and I see them go on Facebook asking all their buddies, and that's great. But, you know, if you really want to get some good, solid advice, call a manufacturer of your choice that you're going to buy a clutch from because, honestly, horsepower, what you use the truck for, what your driving style is, what size tires you got, what gear ratios you got, all that's going to come into play when picking out the right clutch. There's just not one clutch for all. So that's, that, true. that's kind of what that's kind of what my guys try to help you do when you call down here. You know they're going to ask you a lot of questions. You know, like what do you got done to your truck? What do you use it for? How you drive? Uh, you know, and, and all that all that's really going to matter when you're picking out a clutch. I think it happens with the automatics as well as sometimes the transmission gets kind of overlooked. Like it's not as cool to look at as a turbo or the top of the engine. Yeah, or... <laughs> and, and same with the automatics. Even with the torque converters, you pick out the wrong you pick out the wrong stall on your converter. Uh, you got you got problems, you know. So, um, but but getting getting what's right for you is the main thing. I suggest calling the manufacturer of your choice, discussing with them what you're going to use your truck for, how you drive, and be honest. Don't call them and tell them, you know, oh, I just drive moderate, and you're you're doing a boosted launch every red light. I mean, that's going to make a lot of dang difference. So, you know, basically, what what's going to kill a clutch is heat. Heat kills clutches. So if you're going to heat the clutch up real good, like say you're doing a boosted launch, you're sitting there and you're slipping it because you got some big laggy turbo and you're slipping it for 15 seconds before you let it loose, yeah, you're probably going to smoke. You're probably going to smoke your clutch. Then you're going to be calling us up and thinking, oh, hey, I only had 400 horsepower, but I burned up your 650 horsepower clutch. But 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 what were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's always I mean, a million dollar question. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, we're pullers here, and, and all of us have owned trucks for a while. We've been souping trucks, been doing this for quite a while. We're not stupid. I mean, um, we're 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 going to ask you some questions, and and we're going to base whatever we were recommend is going to be based off of whatever kind of comments you give us. So, um, you know, and 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 about technical support, we have excellent technical support at, at my company. If you got a problem, you call up here, but but be honest with us because. You know, if it's welded to the flywheel, I really doubt you was pulling your church trader 55 mile an hour down the highway. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and if you're calling on Monday morning, that's a real bad day to call because everybody knows you was probably sled pulling over the weekend. <laughs> and don't put videos up on your Facebook page that you was sled pulling because <laughs> some people may look. <laughs> I've seen that happen good, before. But, but, yeah, hey, but, you know, man, if you be honest with us, you know, we're pretty good people down here. That's that's what we want to hear. Hey, man, I fucked up, you know, but I'll be like, all right, man. And, and how I look at a bad situation is I don't try to make money off a bad situation. You burn your clutch up doing something stupid, okay, you'll be honest with me. i tell you one it costs or something to get you going on back on down the road. I mean, I'm not looking to finance your, your bad decision, but in a bad situation, making a profit off a customer – really leaves a bad taste in some people's mouth. So we try to do that easy. And, um, yeah, you know, that that's kind of what we are. We're pullers and, and um, street drivers, whatever else you want, racers, whatever else you want to call. We've done it all. I got this question from a, a Dodge owner, but it's going to apply you know, whether it's a, a ZF and a, a Ford or GM. But they were curious as to a single – dual disc competition what's the main differences well there's going to be a lot of them but i guess probably where he was was like right in between two power levels and thinking well should i do the single disc or the dual disc and what's your advice on someone who asked that question all right all right so so basically if you're under 500 horsepower 
a single disc may work just fine for you. A lot of it, like I said, has to do with, you know, you got 37-inch stall tire, 373 gears, and, you know, and, and you're trying to pull traders all day long. That's all got to be taken into the equation, too. But basically, uh, under 500 horse, you can probably get away with a single. Over 500 horse on a common rail truck, a single's not going to live. Um, dual, you know, like I said, beginning. Heat's what kill clutches. If you got a dual disc, it's got twice the area to disperse the heat. You got a three disc, the same thing. Now, with that said, um, you can overclutch your truck too. So, if you got a clutch like big syringe, big single ceramics, that's really a bad choice for a low horsepower truck because what the problem is, it's so jumpy in and off, in and out when you're trying to take off. Um, they have to ride the clutch or give it a lot more fuel and slip the clutch to try to get a smooth a smooth takeoff, and, and therefore they burn the clutch up. So. You know, when you start looking at dual discs, um, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say if you're working your truck, you're towing your truck, you drive moderately, organic dual discs is our number one selling clutch. We sell three to 400 units a month. Uh, it, 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 it's our number one selling clutch for a tow rig. Now, if you tow and you beat on your truck, a ceramic street, street clutch is, is a better choice. Because why? Because organic can go about 700 degrees. The ceramic can go about 900 degrees, and then we got centered iron. Now, that's a good choice if you're sled pulling or something, but may not be a good choice if you're street driving. So, and then we got the street triple. You know, there's a lot of people call us down here that got a stock truck with a tuner on it. They want to buy a street triple. We will not sell you one if that's what you have. You heard from your buddies, it's the smoothest clutch on the market. We're going to agree with you. It probably is, but it's also a solid hub design clutch. It's going to be a lot harder on your driveline part. So unless you're 750 north, we don't even want to talk to you about a street triple at our shop because we would rather see you have some kind of sprung hub into the vehicle, which is going to make the vehicle quieter. It's going to make it, uh, it's going to be a lot easier on all your hard parts. So picking the right clutch is, is really difficult. It's not as easy as, as some people think. Just one clutch fits all. Uh, if you really want to get the right clutch, like I said beginning, call the manufacturer. Talk to them. Be honest with them. Tell them what you got going on. They'll get you in the right clutch. I'm, I'm pretty sure any of them will. It was, it was interesting when you mentioned over-clutching a truck, and I, I see that a lot with friends or just watching social media. It's like you have this 400-horsepower truck, and they want a dual disc. Uh, yeah, and, they call down here and they want a 3850 competition <laughs> dual disc. I mean, it's like, man, you got to, they got to ride it and they got to ride it out to even try to get it going because it, uh, it's like a big string of, a big single ceramic is an in and out clutch, meaning that it's either in or it's out. You're, there's no in between. And, uh, the guys in the lower horsepower trucks, well, they don't have enough power to just let off on it and go. They have to ride it out because it's, it's so rough in engagement. Now, if you had a, a five or six hundred horsepower truck, then a, a, a single ceramic may be a okay clutch if you're into, you know, red light racing or something like that. Um, and then another thing comes to mind is boosted launching. You know, nobody's going to warn you a clutch against boosted launching, but here's what I'll say. Make them count because, um, they're going to damage the clutch no matter, no matter what clutch that you got. No clutch is going to last forever doing boosted launches. Just make them count. And, uh, if you got a real big laggy turbo and you got to ride it for a long time, you might just not even do it because it's just going to smoke your clutch. But, you know, I could tear up a, a $5,000 four disc clutch in, in 10 minutes if I wanted to. So just depending on how you want to drive. I think that's where a lot of the questions that we have on manual transmissions and really the clutch come in where like, we've talked with companies that make automatics and it's it's so 
Yeah, it's like, well, choose your stall speed. The rest of it they're doing internally with the valve body and clutch material and everything else, but it's it's an automatic, so it's automatically yeah. controlled versus these manuals. It's really the driver, and I think that's where people look for so much guidance is, I can buy a dual disc, I got the money for it, but do I need it or am I going to tear it up? Or, hey, I'm kind of at the limit here. This single disc probably isn't going to work for me, or what material do I use? And and when you explained the, the heat that they can handle, that was the other question we got is like, what are what are the choices for materials? Which one do I need? What's the best, you know, best one for my application? Basically, you got organic, you got ceramic, you got ceramic, you got centered iron. Organic's going to be the and you got Kevlar. Um, Kevlar is a good choice. You're an old guy. Um, you really don't beat on your truck much. It lasts a long time. But the problem with Kevlar is if you start beating on it. It fades really quick, and then it gets hot, and it fades and loses its holding power, so it doesn't work in a lot of applications. Organic, we have a uh, wide plate organic that we sell now that basically replaced all the rear model single disc clutches that we sell. That clutch can handle about 500 horsepower from a moderate driver. It's not going to handle 500 horsepower from a guy trying to launch on every red light. Um, but it's going to be a smooth clutch. It's going to give you a nice engagement. You're going to be able to tow and and for the guy with the with the common rail and just has a tuner and drives moderate, it's perfect. Then if you need something bigger than that, maybe you're pulling twenty thousand pound trailers or something. Uh, you may need an organic dual disc. Now, if you're pulling them twenty thousand pound trailers, you got thirty seven inch tall tires and you didn't do the gear upgrade, and eh, you're probably better off getting a ceramic version because you're going to heat the clutch up good. You're going to have to slip it more to try to to, to be able to take off. So, um, you know, like I said, heat kills clutches. Dual disc clutches got twice the area to disperse the heat. Triples got three times the area. Um, if if it doesn't heat up, you're not gonna you're not gonna smoke your clutch. So um, eh, I don't know. It's 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 not as simple just to say you well, you know at 500 horse you got to go to a dual, 600 horse you got to go to a triple or, or anything like that. Most of it has to do with with how your truck's set up and how you drive your truck. So then again, that's why I'm going to say it's better off to call our tech line and talk to them. We have a lot of distributors all through the United States, but you can call our shop. They'll recommend a clutch. Then you go buy whichever clutch from whatever distributor that you want to buy it from. So, I mean, you can buy it direct from us too, but uh, we got a lot of distributors. I'm realizing now how complicated <laughs> clutches are because well, the it, other it really is. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. it is. I mean, you. I had a kid come in here the other day, and and he said, "Well, man, you know," he said, um, "I was looking at clutches." He said, "But I can buy I can buy a stock one at AutoZone for hundred eighty nine dollars." I said, well, "Run down there and get you one." He said, "Yours is about seventy five dollars higher. Why is that?" I said, "I'll tell you why. Let's go out to the shop. We'll look. I'll show you why." So I take him out to the shop. And I show them where we build all our discs on our line. I show them where we check every pressure plate we got. We check it for load. We check it for lift. I said, and then when you get over here in the boxing apartment, you got two guys that have to sign off on every clutch we sell for to, to know that it works properly. So it's been tested for full function, and it had two guys sign off on it, and it worked. And it gets down, goes on down the line a little further where they pack it. Everything in the box got to have be signed off by two people. Same thing when it goes out the door. Two guys got to sign off, and then it goes out the door. Do we make mistakes? Yes, we do. But we try to limit them. Our defect rate right now is right at less than 1%. So by by quality control, and if you open our box, you open our box, you're going to find papers in there. have been signed by two or three different guys in there, and, and the top of the lid signed. And, and uh, it's just uh, accountability is everything in this business. So. I got tired when I first got in the business. Everybody, oh, I didn't do that. Like, oh, I can fix that. Hold on. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. 
I mean, you know, I've been doing it a long time. A lot of this comes simple to me, so it may not be simple to some of the people that are listening. But call the experts, man. Quit asking on Facebook who's got the, who's done this and who. I see so much bad information on Facebook. One of the biggest things I see right now on Facebook is people that are. There's a lot of people that are doing uh, manual conversions on the six seven trucks. If you had a 68 RE automatic in your truck and you're converting it to a manual, I don't care if it's an NV4500, an NV56, a G56, you have to change the flywheel housing. The 68 RE flywheel housing is 250 thousandths of an inch deeper. The clutch is not going to work. I've had four calls in the last month, guys that converted them, their clutches didn't work, they're pulling their hair, I can't figure out why. Then i got to give them some bad news that you got the wrong flywheel housing in there and all that shit got to come back out. So... Again, if you got questions like that, probably better off calling a professional and asking them because advice is always free. You don't have to buy anything to call up here and ask us what we think. We're going to give you that information for free. So that's what I would do. I mean, I'm just kind of throw that out there. That's what I'm. I I got together a list of questions that we got on Instagram, and like the next one, I realize I'm going to ask it, but you're not going to quite be able to answer it because there's so much that goes into it, and that is. What should the clutching game it feel like? Is it, is it firm? Is there any noise? But then we're going to come back to probably the material and the power of the truck, and then how well, the person drives. We're going to go back. Well, we're going to go back to the truck first because you know if you're, you're talking about a G56 equipped truck, which would be anything 2005 and a half up on a Dodge, it's got an all aluminum case transmission. We're running an ATF fluid. That transmission is going to be loud. A lot of people, a lot of people have a misconception that it's the, oh my clutch is loud. No, it really is your transmission. However, with that said, you know, a, a, uh, a, a factory flywheel in a G56 is a spring-loaded flywheel, and a, all Cummins have a lot of uh, engine spike at low RPM, so they're constantly kicking the crankshaft back. You can't see it, but it's doing that. So when your truck's sitting there idling, it has a lot of reverse engine spike. The dual-mass flywheel, where it was spring-loaded, it could suck that, that, uh, that engine spike up and not pass it into the driveline. However, with that said, that truck can't, that clutch can't handle power. So now we got to go build a solid flywheel, put in the truck. We got to suck all this gear rollover up with some spring loaded discs. So you're not as successful doing that. We, we made a lot of progress over the last 10, 10 years with the, with the G56 trucks trying to quiet them down, but it's still hit and miss. If I had, if I had 10 trucks I put a clutch in in a G56 truck, two of them are going to be dead silent. Seven of them are going to be tolerable and one of them is going to be aggravating as hell. There's no way around it on the gear rollover. Or quiet series clutch, when you look at that, it's really talking about the floater plate rattle. It is dead silent when you push it in. There still are some problems associated with it with gear rollover. Now, if you get into the the older model trucks like the NV5600 and the NV4500, um, the, the gear rollover is not so noticeable because it has a cast iron uh, has a cast iron case transmission that's running a lot thicker fluid in it. And it just doesn't make the kind of noises that the G56 makes, you know. So if you're if you put a new clutch in your truck and your noise, you got to rattle it idle with your foot off the clutch. And if you can take your RPMs up to about 1100 RPMs and it all goes silent on you, then you know that's a gear rollover noise. If if you buy a standard dual disc from a lot of places, not the quiet miles, the standard one, and you push it in and you got to rattle when you got it pushed in, uh, that's probably a normal noise. So just knowing what kind of clutch you have, what kind of noises that you're going to have is going to be a lot. 
I mean, there's a lot of copycats out on the market today that are trying to copy designs. I promise you they're not as successful as what some of the guys that have been doing it for a long time. They may look the same, but I can guarantee you it's not going to be the same when you get on the inside of it. It's one of the things, too. We sell, a lot of, we sell about 20,000 clutches a year. took a lot of clutch sales to get some of that information. But here's how I am, you know, and, and I was taught at an early age, you know, if you got a problem with the clutch, go figure out what caused that problem and keep it from happening again. When I was about 15 years old, my dad had a company that built clutches, and uh, he decided it was time for me to go out troubleshooting, so he's going to send me with with his his main guy, Emmett, oh, Emmett, White, Emmett Smith. He, or Emmett White, he was going to send me out with Emmett to uh, go out and do some troubleshooting. So I get in the truck with Emmett. We're headed out to Waste Management and Garden. He's like, I just want to let you know, he said, that we're going out here to Waste Management, but I'm going to tell you right now there's nothing wrong with the clutch. And I looked at him, and I said, well, why in the hell are we going out here if there ain't nothing wrong with the clutch? He said, because if we just send the guy another clutch, and he drops it and puts this one in, and it works, it had to be that bad clutch. I said, all right. He said, but if we go out here and we show him what he did wrong so he can see it when he's pulling it apart, then he'll know it wasn't the clutch. So ever since then, I started thinking, well, you know, if you know how a clutch works, what what actually makes a clutch work? You know, you have to have travel on the clutch fingers. Um, if you don't have travel on the clutch fingers, it's not going to work. I mean, if you look in, it, it, a lot of people never look at the instructions to after they got the clutch in. And they call and they oh, I read all your instructions. I put this clutch in. Just like you said and all this, and I asked them the first question, how much travel you got in a fork? Well, I don't know. That's the first damn step in the clutch instructions. How the hell you read them? I mean, so we try to give you that information so you can look at it. It's not a detailed installation report, but it has a lot of helpful tips that when you're moving along with that clutch, you can check these steps and you know, okay, so far I got all that right. You know, so it even tells you on our dual disc clutches how far the diaphragm should be from the top of the cover when you get it all installed. If you check that measurement, you know you got all the discs in there, right, and you're rolling on. And the next step, you put the transmission in, tells you how far the fork should travel. You check that measurement, you know that's right. Now, we start talking about engagement. I like to see engagement of a pedal in the lower half of the, of the, of the clutch stroke. And, uh, because as the clutch wears, the fingers are going to come back towards the transmission. It's going to take that. It's going to take that free travel out of the clutch pedal. And when all that comes out of the, free, the when you lose all that free travel and you don't adjust your, adjust your linkage, it's going to burn your clutch up. So, I don't know. There's there's so many things I could go into. It's a lot of good. It's a lot of good information though, because it's it, it, the guys that that are doing these upgrades. Every day they use the truck, they're gonna fill the engagement. They're gonna. Yeah. It's something that's that's so important that if if they don't know, it's like, well, where do I get the answer from? How do I choose the right thing? And yeah, here's another here's another thing. I mean, a lot of a lot of guys are gonna frown when I say this next thing. That on our website, there's two technical numbers on to call after hours. The second number is actually my cell phone number. So how many owners out there build stuff good enough they can put their own cell phone number on their website for technical support? That's a tough one. Not, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's on there. Don't believe me? Go look. <laughs> now, with that said, I may not answer you at midnight. I have had guys call me at 2 o'clock in the morning. I mean, in, in, in a lot of our customer base or young people, um, 
that that have these trucks and by the time they saved up twelve or thirteen hundred dollars whatever it costs to buy that clutch they can't afford to have somebody put it in they're gonna have to do it themselves you see them up on you see them up on facebook talking about hey anybody know how to put this in Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm putting it in in my driveway with a jack all right that's all cool but we'll give you we'll give you help with insulation tips too i mean we're you know i mean we put clutches in in our shop we on average on a g56 truck we're under three hours and that's start to finish hydraulics and all so, and my guy doesn't even have a lift back there, but he's probably done three, four, five hundred of them. I don't know how many he's done, but, um, you know, we put a lot of clutches in, so we've seen a lot of things. It's easy just to pick up the phone and call us and ask us, and we really don't mind. I was going to ask you, this is like my own question, but what comes, what needs to be replaced when you do a clutch upgrade? Like, I know there's there's some other things besides the flywheel and the clutch, I guess depending on what what your range truck it is with hydraulics well, and things like all that. Well, if you're talking about Dodges, they're pretty much all, they're pretty, I mean, it's pretty much the same stuff. You know, what do you got inside a Dodge? You got a clutch fork. You got a pivot ball that's on the side of the transmission that the top, head, the top half of it is made out of nylon or plastic or something. It's going to wear. You need to check everything. You need to look at the retainer that the bearing slides on. The, if it's got a groove in it, it may hang up your bearing. It will cause a hard pedal. If you don't put a little bit of grease inside your bearing collar when you slide it on your retainer, it's going to cause a hard pedal. Um, there's a lot of little things to look at, but I would say anything to do with the linkage, anything that's going to operate the clutch. So look at your impact shaft good. It should have no wear on the end of it where it goes in the pilot bearing. It should not have too much wear on the splines where it goes inside the hubs. What's real important when you're putting a clutch in is that the hub slide on the input shaft real well because how a clutch works is when your bearing pushes the finger stay about a half inch, it's going to pull the plate back inside the clutch about 60 thousandths of an inch. That means that everything in front of that has to be able to slide. If it hangs up on the input shaft, it don't slide. It ain't going to shift right. You see a lot of guys put dual discs in. They talk about, oh, it shifts slower than my single disc, and they got all these reasons why. But the biggest reason why is because they burned up the splines on the hub when they tried to stab it, and it wasn't taking their time. And what happened when you burned up the hub? Now the hub's dragging. Now the clutch is not going to shift right. We use uh, we use a uh, spray-on lithium grease. Yeah, a graphite, a graph, a spray on graphite on the input shafts at our shop, it'll make the disc slide like butter. Why I use graphite over grease? Because grease is going to attract dirt. So when this clutch starts wearing down, the grease that you put on the input shaft is actually going to attract the dirt. It's going to build up on the input shaft, and then again, it's going the disc is going to quit sliding like they were sliding. Graphite is not going to attract the grease. It's not going to let the grease. It's not going to let the dirt stick. The disc is still going to slide. So what what's important is is understanding how that clutch works when you're when your bearing contacts them fingers on that clutch and it pushes it a half inch, like I said, the plate pulls back 60,000. If you got a dual disc, a triple disc, a single disc, everything in front of it has to slide or the clutch is not going to shift right. So making sure that your disc put the input shaft right, that you can slide them on and off, no problem. You're checking the floaters in the flywheel. Just a little bit of looking at everything and making sure you got the disc the right direction and all that. Um, that that's going to make a lot of difference when you install a clutch. I've seen a few of them done in person, and and like I, it, it, as far as clutch installs, is I'm definitely more. I think I've gravitated more towards automatics. So when it's come to manual transmissions, it's like it's pretty much pure magic that goes on in them from my perspective. And in chatting with you, I'm like this I'm is just way more cl- with the automatic. <laughs> 
<laughs> like this is way more complex than a torque converter and a pre-assembled oh, thing to put in. Uh, I don't know, man. You get a three or four disc clutch up in there, we'll we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was gonna ask you next is do you like the sled pull, manual oh, or automatic? Which one are you going with? I'm going with well, I mean, come on, I own a clutch company. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel I do feel torque converted. But no. I'm going with a manual. I mean that's what I run in my truck. I mean, uh, I got a three oh smooth bore truck. Um, somewhere somewhere north of fourteen hundred horsepower and we run a four disc in it and well, we like it. So but I mean I don't know. I, I there, I think with automatics and sled pulling, it seems to me you got to spend a lot of money keeping them put together to be able to make them work. They work pretty yeah. good, but if you can drive good, a good manual is hard to beat in sled pulling. So, I mean, ah, I, I don't know. There's a few automatics out there running that run real good, but I, I suspect that they got to rebuild them all the time. And one of the things this just came to me that I know a lot of, especially the Dodge guys, or. With the, like the newer trucks, it's like they've phased out the manuals, and there's there's such a loyal fan base. Like if you really want to start like a diesel debate, it's not Ford versus GM versus Dodge per se. It's automatic or manual, and the manual guys are so passionate about it. And I'm just, I don't know. I've been thinking, how can you get rid of them when you have such a because loyal fan? Because millennials yeah. can't drive manuals. <laughs> You're laughing. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> you know, I read an article the other day that said the best theft deterrent system to have is a manual transmission. <laughs> That's probably hey, you true. Know, you know, you, well, and while you say that they're phasing all these manuals out, you realize that over in Europe and Asia, manuals are way bigger than automatics. Yeah. Why? Because they get better fuel mileage. But millennials can't drive them. So what? What's like Harley Davidson? Harley Davidson losing a lot of sales right now because millennials don't want Harley; they want electric scooters. <laughs> Maybe not all of them, but you know, big percentage. Yeah. So, so I I don't know. It's kind of we 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 tell that joke around here a lot. <laughs> Good thing I'm 58; I probably survive. <laughs> the manual. But you know, we built a lot of class six, seven, and eight clutches. That's where I started. That's I was building tractor clutches and class six, seven, and eight clutches my whole life, and then about late nineties, first guy showed up at my shop at old Dennis Sparks, and he's talking about, "I need you to build me a clutch for sled pulling." I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm sled pulling." So I build him a, I think some kind of big old ceramic, ceramic single. And about a week later, he kind of some bitch and burnt to a crisp. I'm like, "What in the hell are you doing?" He said, "Well, you better come look." So I went out there and looked. Boy, that's. That was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of money last one year sled pulling. <laughs> but, hey, give you, you know, if you're out doing it, you figure it out pretty quick. So it's hard for somebody that doesn't do something to tell you how well that works. But if you got somebody that actually does it, you know, it's like clutches. We use the clutches we sell, so uh, we know what they do, what they won't do. and. Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of people have a conception that manufacturers just so big, no matter what the problem, they should take care of it. And um, how we operate is a little different. We don't just eat anything that you bring us, but we look at it and see what the cause of failure was, and and uh, go from there with it. And like I said earlier, you know, I'm not looking to make a big profit off somebody in a bad situation. As long as I can break even, everybody's happy. That's the best. I had a, like you heard that church church that church trader comment. That's a true story because 
a long time ago, I had this kid call me. He's like, well, you're probably not going to believe this. And I'm like, well, if you're starting off that way, you're probably right. He said, I was pulling my church trailer down the highway 55 miles an hour, and my clutch welded to my flywheel. I said, you're right. I, I ain't no way in hell I'm believing that. You know, he's like, huh? I said, i tell you what, man. You tell me the truth. I'll cut you a hell of a deal on a clutch. You, you, you can't refuse. He got quiet for a minute, and a couple minutes later, he's like, yeah, you're right, man. He's me and my buddy was drinking a bunch of Kool-Aid, and he's going to show me how to do a fourth-year launch in a parking lot. I said, on a single disc. He's like, yeah. I said, I'll tell you what, man. Any clutch on the website, half price, since you was honest. He's like, oh, man, that's great. That guy's been my best. That guy's been a loyal customer ever since 10, 15 years ago. So, but, eh, just be honest with people. You know, people ain't stupid. So, well, okay, some people are, but most people ain't. Most people are not. They they can look at something and tell, you know, that's not normal. I mean, we can look at something and tell if it was our fault or not. You know, pressure plate broke. Okay, I mean, we don't have a lot of that, but some, sometimes stuff happens. And just be honest about it, and that's both sides. I mean, well, I'm the type of guy right there. I got my biggest customer being honest is truck park specialist in Houston, Texas. I was trying to get that account for 10 years. So finally, I've been calling on him, calling on him, calling, can't get nothing out of him. I'm, I leave in his shop one day, and I see his number come up. He's like, hey, hey, hey. He said, you build specials. I'm like, yeah, I can build specials. He said, well, come back over here. I'll give you one. So I drive back over there, and I, this is probably 15, 20 years ago. I drive back over there, and and uh, he got this real weird-looking clutch out of a Volvo, and he's like, here, go build this for me. So I, I put it in my truck, never seen one like it before. I take it back to my shop, and me and my guys are looking. I'm like, man, we're going to rebuild this for truck part specialist. So we rebuilt it. We sent it back down there, and about uh, two weeks later, Bill called me up, and he's like, hey, Dan. He said, you know that, that clutch you built me? I said, yeah. He said, well, it don't work. He said, but you need to come tell me what uh, the customer did wrong so I can show it to my customer. He said, uh, come down here and get it. So I drive down to Houston, and I get it, and I bring it back up to my shop. My guy tells me, he said, there's nothing wrong with it. I said, hold up. I said, somebody go to Volvo in Dallas. We spent like $1,200. We bought a brand-new clutch. We brought it back to our shop to realize what we thought were factory settings was way off because typically all 13-inch clutches set about the same lever height, all 14-inch clutches set about the lever height, same lever height, same for 15s, and so on. And we had set it to what we thought it was, and then we got it over here, and we realized that, oh, man, this clutch is not set right at all. So I'm like, shit, man, I've been trying to get that account for 10 years. So I called back down there, and I'm like, Bill. He said, yeah. He said, what did you find out on that clutch? I said, man, I got some bad news, dude. I said, we 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 said it wrong when we sent it to you, and it's never going to work. He said, well, I need you in Houston tomorrow. I said, what? He And I'm like, for that one clutch? He's like, no. He said, I'm changing over to you. He said, you're the first honest clutch guy I ever met in my life. And from that day on, I landed him, Crank Carrier, in about 100 different stores that we sold in. So I was like, wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. So being honest, being honest with people, here's the thing. My dad always told me, he said, if you're honest with somebody, you can always remember what you tell them. If you if you lie, it's hard to remember what the hell you lied about, right? I mean, okay. There's some exceptions when it comes to the wife. I don't tell her everything the truth. Oh, no, that costs like $5, baby. We just shine that up. It looks new, but we just shine that up, really. She's always looking at my pull truck. When she wants to buy something, she'd be like, how much it costs? She said, but if you just pull that pull truck, you wouldn't be asking how much it costs. My damn woman. Today's her birthday. <laughs> so, but no, man, we've had a lot of. I've had a lot of fun the last twenty years. Um, you know, I'm building classic seven and eight clutches my whole life. There's really not too much glamour in dealing with truck drivers. But when the uh, high performance, high performance part come along, I got sucked up in that. Built several trucks. Um, currently, I'm down to like three trucks, but. 
you never know that could change but uh i don't know i had a lot of fun a lot of fun i mean when i sell a customer once once i sell you something you go from being a customer to being my friend because i try to keep, treat everybody like they're somebody and and by doing that, you know, you get a lot of respect, and, and that's that's kind of the way we operate. Another thing we operate is if you call my shop and ask me how my competitor's clutch stacks up to mine, that's a question we're not going to answer because we don't, we don't do any bashing. You're not allowed to discuss competitors at my shop. If I hear you bad-mouthing a competitor at my shop, you're going to get fired. So what you can tell them is everything you can tell them about our product. If they want to know about somebody else's product, pick up the phone and call that said company and see what they have to say. It's all about integrity. We're just regular people, man, trying to make a living. Yeah, that's the right way to, to do business from the, I mean, the accountability part and, 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 you know, on both sides too, you know, with the manufacturer, like, you know, you know we, this wasn't right. We're going to take care of it. Or the customer saying, I wasn't just, you know, cruising through the parking lot at the grocery store at five miles an hour and w- welded my clutch to the. Yeah, we know, we know that ain't right, right? <laughs> I might have fell off that truck the other day, but it wasn't yesterday. <laughs> no, man, I mean, uh, there's, there's a lot of good people in this business. And, and uh, you know, if you can look a man in the eye and have an honest discussion with him, that means a lot. So, you know, if, if I tell you it was something that we did or you did, I'm going to show you. I'm not only just going to tell you. I'm going to try to show you so you can see it yourself and know that I'm actually telling you the truth. So, on eh. like I said, on part had to lie to a little bit with my wife. God bless her. I hope she don't listen to your podcast. <laughs> just don't, I don't share it on will. Facebook. <laughs> no, she hates that truck. I don't think she. I don't think she hates my pool truck. <laughs> Damn woman. <laughs> so. I, I I know there's going to be a lot of questions that the the manual transmission fans out there have based on this podcast what's the best way for them to get in contact with you guys and just all talk right about their... well um basically you have to call to, or email us again if you want to email us um sales at valair com, and that's a v-a-l-a-i-r-i-n-c.com uh, my sales phone line is 940-468-4085 my technical my technical line is 940-468-3238 and like I said, if you if you bought a clutch from us uh, and you're having a problem, installation, technical, go to the website on the on the warranty page or the technical on the technical portion of our website. It's going to have a couple phone numbers there. Um, if you text those phone numbers, like, hey, I'm, I need this or I need that, because we get a lot of spam calls too, so we might not answer every call on the weekend. But if you send us a text that you're having a problem with such and such, I guarantee you somebody will call you back. So, I mean, we don't want you to have a problem. We'd rather go ahead and give you five minutes of our time on the weekend than three hours during the week. Oh, yeah. Oh, for you know, sure. So. There's not a whole lot. You know, there's some people out there that are building um, – Super stick transmission comes to mind. He built some pretty good fast shifting manual transmissions. I don't think there's a lot of options out there today with with uh, internal parts like shafts and gears. A lot of people cry on them. Uh, I guess that helps some. Um, but there's really not a lot of billet type material out for those parts. So, I mean, a manual transmission for me is better for towing. I mean, if you're daily driving, you're drag racing. I know I got a lot of buddies chase that manual, 
that manual record for the manual fastest truck. But if you really want to go fast, go get your automatic. They're going to really go fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I think the towing part's where they really... I mean, yeah, I, I appreciate all these guys going for that manual record, but I'm like... My race truck got an auto. <laughs> How could you have an auto? I said, I feel torque converted and chassis and stuff, flex plates and everything else. Look over there. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you, it's, I mean, when you don't lose one PSI boost between shifts, <laughs> the automatic's the way to go. <laughs> yeah, just, lock, just lock it up in first. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so cool to talk about the different kind of applications for it but i think we talked about earlier with like the newer trucks and everything that's where the guys that tow and they do it for a living or they just you know tow a trailer a lot for whatever they're using it for they they love that manual transmission option and i think oh, that's oh, they a do. Reason. the only guys that don't like it are the guys that are stuck like in houston or dallas stop and go traffic <laughs> oh yeah they might they may not like it you know but i think it's better i think it's better for towing but like I said today, man, you can't really hire drivers that can drive manuals. I mean, my son has like 170 D, uh, semis, and uh, man, he has hell getting drivers. And a lot of them nowadays, even CDL drivers, you you got to get a manual endorsement. Did you know that? I didn't know that. They give a CDL, and people can't drive a manual. Oh. <laughs> That's the damnest thing I ever saw. I said, <laughs> he said, well, that guy can't drive the manual. He don't have the endorsement. I'm like, well, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? But a lot of steering wheel holders out there. But I, I think that's a lot of it to do with people can't drive them. They're tear, they're tearing them up. You know, companies that that got a lot of different drivers on these small hot shot trucks. They're probably having better luck with automatics because most of these people can't drive a manual. Yeah, sad, but that's probably what it is. But um, you know, in, in all these new trucks, they make so much horsepower and torque from the factory. Yes, you know these. What are they up to four hundred horsepower from the factory? Nine hundred foot pounds from the factory. I yeah. mean. You put a programmer on there, I guarantee you, you just pass over that thousand foot that thousand foot pound real easy nowadays. I think I seen a Ford the other day went um, went six hundred horse on stock everything. That's like wow. But now I don't know if I believe that dyno. Everybody says you know special dyno, but these trucks make a lot of power now from the factory with just a tuner on them. If you start adding turbos and injectors and stuff, you're really gonna start making some power. Well, but so you still got to remember it's an 8,000, 10,000 pound truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's still so many. It, it's going to be difficult, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, there's still that, so many manuals out there, though. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. from yeah. second gens, first gens, third gens, yeah. fourth. So there's plenty of them out there. But we appreciate your time and expertise. So you, you knocked no out a bunch of questions that, that we've had for a while. I know there's going to be more, and there's tons more well, we can talk we'll about. We'll do another one. We'll answer them all. How about that? Well, that sounds good to me. <laughs> right. appreciate your time today dan all right sir thank you buddy don't forget diesel fans make sure and head on over to dieselperformance.com check out what bd has on sale for your truck there's tons of different things for cummins duramax power strokes things for towing racing upgrades turbo kits transmissions pretty much anything related to diesel performance they've got in stock ready to go and you can save some money on it and also check out dieselworldmag.com, bookmark the page or pick up an issue to find content you're not going to find anywhere else, any other media outlet, anything. They do a fantastic job bringing unique stories to all of us who are diesel enthusiasts. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.